What if saying yes could allow for you to go on multiple international adventures? Well, today you're going to hear how Jen Thornton decided after doing something very interesting that might have gotten to her head a bit, she said yes. And by the way, she also realized very quickly how important it is to be you and nobody else. And that helped catapult her career going forward. So let's jump in to this conversation. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Welcome everyone to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have Jen Thornton with me and you are in for a treat. The conversation is going to be lively and she's got so much to talk about. And so we are jumping in. Jen, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a fun show. It will definitely be a fun show. So what I always like to do is I always like to hit hard fast and say, we've all been through a lot of relaunches, those mini, those mega ones, but let's hear about your journey and your relaunches. So it's interesting. You look back in life and you think about relaunches and there are those pivotal moments that you kind of remember the smell and the color of the wallpaper, maybe on the wall, or just those little things about it. And when I was thinking about, you know, the relaunch that I've had, like which one really made the biggest difference in my life. And Mm. it was such a crazy day for me. I actually was, you know, it was one evening, I was at the salon. I had a head full of color. I remember the smell. We all know that color. And it was probably seven something o'clock at night and my phone rings and it's my chief HR officer. And I'm like, oh, what's gone wrong? Like really, you need to get that panic. Like, you know, the chief HR officer's coming. It was a very large um, global organization. And so he's like, hey, Jen, you've been to China before, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I've been to China before. You know, I went, you know, for vacation. And he's like, what do you think about moving to Hong Kong for a couple of months? And I was like, um, what do you want me to do when I get there? And he's like, I really have no idea, but we're going to purchase some stores back from our um, partner there. We don't know what we're going to find. And we just need someone to go over there and just figure out what we've got, what we're dealing with. And will you go? And I don't know why it was almost an outer body experience. It was probably all those chemicals, right? From my hair. (laughs) I was like, yes, I'll go. And I kind of was like, did I just say that? And then he's like, no, wait a minute. You can't say yes and not go. You should probably talk to your husband. And I was like, okay. 
So I, okay, I want everyone to hear that. You should yeah. probably talk to your husband. <laughs> We're not talking about that TV show, Emily in Paris, where she's young, doesn't have, she doesn't have a husband and, exactly. and here, and here Jen saying, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right, come on, bring yeah, it on. I'm ready to go to Hong Kong for a couple months. Yeah, why not? I mean, sounds like fun. And so I, no lie, I texted him and I was like, hey, do you mind if I move to Hong Kong for like three to five months? And he's so adorable. He was like, sure, I'll feed the dogs. So, okay, first uh, off, I had heard two months, two months I'm going to be gone. That's what the, that's what the uh, chief HR officer yeah. was saying. Now, all of a sudden it's gone to, you know, yeah. potentially four to five months. Yeah. And then in response, your husband says, I believe it's still in text. Sure. I'll feed the dog. Yeah, okay. he did. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm loving, loving, <laughs> loving this. Okay. It is, I mean, it's really one of those things you're like, what was I thinking? But it was all, it was all meant to be, you know, your body responds and tells mm. you what you should do in my body. Again, how to be all the chemicals said yes. And I, so I called my boss back and said, I'm coming. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And so I packed my bags. Um, it was probably about four weeks later when we left, it was myself and three other coworkers. Um, the four of us packed up and moved to Hong Kong and it was the most incredible ride ever. Um, I learned so much about myself. Um, there's nothing like getting dropped off in a country where you don't know anyone or don't share a language or it's just, you know, I mean, from Dallas, Texas to Hong Kong, there's some differences there. Um, but the confidence that that brings and figuring it out is just invaluable. Mm, okay. So I, I, I have to push here. How okay, long, good. how long mm -hmm. did you stay? So I went for about two months, came home for like 10 days, went back for, I think another about month and a half, came back for a couple of weeks and then went back for maybe another month. So, you know, across five months went back and forth, but what was so fantastic about it is it went well. So then my organization decided to open stores in Mexico. So they were like, well, now that you've gotten, you know, you did this in Hong Kong and China, do you mind going to Mexico? And I was like, sure. Now and that you so, have international experience, hey, you're, yeah. you're tagged as our girl. <laughs> exactly. There wasn't a lot willing to do it, you know? And I always joked, they're like, well, what were your qualifications? I was like, I was willing to go. <laughs> that was my qualification. Uh, you know what I always say? You said yes. You That's said, right. yes, you were yes. willing to, mm -hmm. uh, yes, we know that those chemicals on our head when we are processing, <laughs> they are very strong. We all understand we can smell yeah. the smell, uh -huh. but at the same time, we mm -hmm. always talk about the three H's, right? We talk about that heart center to the head, mm -hmm. to the higher self, to trusting your higher self. And that's what you were doing. You were saying, uh-huh. And thankfully your, your husband was saying, Hey, I'll feed the dog, go, the dogs. go. Yeah. And, and now let's, let's still go back to Hong Kong. How long ago was this at this so point? So that was probably seven years ago when I okay. made that move. Mm -hmm. Okay. So seven years ago, you are now in a foreign country mm -hmm. and yes, very, very different than where you were, where you were in the U S and you all of a sudden you do have, you said you were going with three others from the office. Mm -hmm. So you had, you know, somewhat of a small, of a small posse of people that, you know, your, your, your tribe that was still there, but we're talking like 
millions and millions of people, buildings high. I mean, for those that haven't been to Hong Kong, it, it puts San Francisco to, to shame. I mean, it is just building after building. There's just, there's not a place that doesn't have, plus all the water and even in the water, there's all of the traffic out there. And so you start to go down this, this path of I'm here. Were you able to completely embrace this relaunch from day one? Or did you have to kind of go through, like we talk about the seven steps of relaunching, the relaunch effect. Was it a little bit of resetting and a little bit of reimagining and trying to get like, okay, how am I going to make this work? Or were you like hitting the ground running? So I think it was a combination. I think some days it felt like I was hitting the ground running and other days it felt like, what, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Um, and, but that's, that's what relaunch feels like, you know, it, you know, success is in a straight line and some days you wake up and you think this was the best idea ever. And other days you're like, what was I thinking? Which was definitely, you know, that led to me opening my own business. And that's how I still feel about my business today. But, you know, I, the longer I was there and the, the more I kind of settled into it and the more wins I had, then obviously the confidence grew. And then I had less of those like days of, you know, stress and worrisome, but you know, when you relaunch, you know, count every teeny tiny win because every win adds up. And I think that's what sometimes we forget. We think that we turn a, turn a corner, we relaunch and the winning finish line is right there. Like you just like step over the finish line and there was no race to run to get there. Um, so yeah, so I, I really had to focus on counting those small wins. Uh, and you know what? Success isn't a straight line, right? I, to this day, haven't met a person that said, this is what where I was, this is what I wanted. And it was just a straight shot there. I mean, my gosh, you know, it isn't. And you have to appreciate those small wins because those small wins literally are the breadcrumbs to getting to the bigger one, to getting to the point. But you still have to know that what you're ultimately going for, right? Like, or a win, you don't even know it's a win. You just bypass it. You forget to even think about it. And then you start to really, truly focus on, ooh, what's not happening? What's not happening? Okay, so now all of a sudden, we are now moving into this next adventure. And did you end up going to Mexico? I did. Now that was a little <laughs> different um, because Mexico City wasn't that far from Dallas. So it was more of like going during the week and coming back on weekends. It was a lot of back and forth. But I did that, which was incredible. Um, learned obviously a lot um, in that experience, and then that led to London. Because um, wait, another wait with Mexico City, you're talking another. Very, yeah. I think it might even be one of the most densely populated cities in the world. So you've now yeah. gone Hong Kong to Mexico City. So I, I got to tell you, I'm loving this international experience for you. Okay, so how long were you in Mexico? So we probably was on that assignment, gosh, maybe six months back and forth. Um, but I kept my responsibilities in Hong Kong. I, I led the international team. And so though I was focusing on Mexico, I still did work, you know, in Hong Kong and China and still kind of went back and forth and visited and did all that too. So I kind of collected countries as I went along. <laughs> I collected countries. Okay. But I know what most people are thinking right now mm -hmm. is how was the dog doing? No, I'm kidding. How was that? How was your, how was your husband? How was the relationship? What was going on no. here? Because mm -hmm. I assume he did not come with you to Mexico either. 
No, he didn't. He owns his own business, so he couldn't. And so I think it was, you know, it was, it was, we have a really great relationship where we both have our own goals and we have our goals together and we're so supportive to each other's goals. And it was a lot of making sure that when I was home, that I was present and that, you know, we focused on quality versus quantity, you know, now with quarantine and I see him all the time, I probably you know, spend less quality, but I see him every day. So it feels a little different. Um, but back then we just really focused on, you know, um, just having a really great time when we were both in the same country, because he actually traveled internationally too. So it was a crazy few years for us, but it was fantastic. Okay. And when you talk about relaunches mm -hmm. and you talk about, you know, how there's silver linings of everything, right. And I, I can, completely appreciate this quality over quantity. And then in today's world, we're like, oh my goodness, I got so much quantity. Exactly. <laughs> but but I want I want to ask you, looking back now, for those people that are going to be given opportunities in the future here as things begin to open up and you know everything will be a little newer, there's going to be changes that happen. What silver linings, what lessons did you learn about being all in? What, what, you know, about being willing to say yes? It's such a great question. I, I learned enough lessons to fill the world, but I think what I learned is that I'm stronger than I know that I'm more resilient than I know. Um, one of the things I also learned is if I could be dropped off in a foreign country and figure out how to open a business for a major corporation, I could probably figure it out on my own. Um, and it gave me the confidence to, to eventually open my own business. Um, and I don't think I would have, I, actually, I know, I don't think, I know I would have never had the confidence to go out and do my own business and relaunch again as a single person, um, as an entrepreneur, single entrepreneur, but it was that confidence. Um, and that's that silver lining, you know, and I, I would do it all over again, over and over and over again. I would, mm. it was, it was just fantastic. And the three other people that I went to Hong Kong with, I didn't know them. I'd never met them prior to the four of us going. It was a big company. None of us, I didn't even know, didn't even know they existed. And so the four of us went there and we're still just the best of friends today. And um, we have like little Zoom reunions constantly, but you know, it's just, the silver lining is you never know what kind of friendships, what kind of confidence, and even the bad days are teaching you something and you'll be leveraging it, you know, in your future. Ah, okay. So this reminds me of something that's going on right now. So my daughter, my youngest daughter is going through some hard times right now. She's off at college and I was visiting her. And one of the things that we decided for the month of February, that February, February was going to be the month of saying yes, the month of saying yes. Okay. And I thought, you know what, if she can say yes, I will say yes. And she, and I said, but you got to agree to this. We're either in this together or not. And she said, all right, all right, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm going to say yes. And just then I got this crazy request to be on a podcast that's way out there. I mean, way out there. Normally I would be like, uh-uh, it's just, it's, it's not a good fit. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this is necessarily my tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and I just said, oh, 
I say yes. And I, I feel like, and we've been doing this and it's been, it's been a wonderful experience, something that, you know, I don't suggest doing permanently because there's definitely that moment where you should say no, but for you, your silver lining came with that intuition, that greater, higher self where you're like, I need to trust that this is what I should be doing. And guess what happened? It ended up that now you have your own business. You were able to launch it as you know, as you said, a solo entrepreneur, and that wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened unless you were willing and, uh, you know, kudos to your husband. That is, a, that's amazing. That is incredible. And I love, love, love supportive men and support supportive partners. I really think that that is so amazing. But now tell me once you now have launched this company mm-hmm. and you said that it, it, that all these experiences allowed you to be stronger, you had more resilience. Where, where is this taking you now? Where are oh. you going? That's such a good question. And I, some days I don't know, and I'm really okay with that. Mm. And where it's taken me now is I, I get to get up every day and do what I love. I get to help organizations create environments where people are respected and treated well and allowed to be the best version of themselves. I help people have the career they've always wanted and, and to do it in their style and not force a, you know, a style onto them. And every, and I, I've been in business now almost four years, but there, it just, it's always blossoming. It's, um, it's always evolving and changing. And I don't, I don't know where it's going because it surprises me around every turn. And I just, I just love that. I love the, um, just the growth of being okay, that the business is going to go where it's going to go. And I'm, I'm driving the ship and, you know, we'll see, you know, if, and when we land. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big piece of where I am in my career is not forcing, the end result, but allowing the end result to show up through hard work. Mm, Allow the end result to show up, to show up. That's so great. I do want to go back. You said, uh, how do you not force a style Mm. onto someone? Tell us what, what does that even mean? So one of the things I find, and especially with women is they get feedback that, you know, you, you know, I need you to be this way, or I need you to do that. And so we're supposed to take feedback, right? We're supposed to love it. We're told, you know, if someone gives you feedback, act on it. I I don't know if that's a true, I I don't always recommend that. So what happens is that the best part of of you, the thing that makes you the most successful oftentimes is also the thing that has to, that holds you back sometimes, right? Hmm. And so we get feedback that we need to be different. And so then we wake up and we try to be someone different. And that never turns out well. We can, we can only be the person we are. But what we can do is be who we are and learn how to situationally manage those big pieces of us, those big parts of us that need to be managed sometimes. And I, I just... There's so many people that I've been working with lately, and we've really been focusing on that and just stepping away from the feedback and looking at it, not directly, but looking at it, like, what does that mean towards who we are and, 
be embracing absolutely who we are. And it's amazing the progress that my clients are making when we just get really comfortable with being us. Mm. I think so many of us and, you know, we do get feedback. And as a woman, we, we emotionally kind of like latch onto it. Like, well, wait a second. You know, am I doing something wrong? Is there a different way? Um, especially for those that have are, are currently in a very you know male centric environment, where sometimes the feedback we get is from a you know a, a man who reports to a man who reports to another, and you might be the only women you know the woman in the room, and they're telling you you know to the point of like, hey. Maybe, you know, you have to have a little bit, you know, more of a, a, a stiff upper lip or, you know, maybe you just, you have to try this or that. And if we do that, we end up actually losing ourselves, as you said, and we lose the fact that we're women, mm-hmm. we're not men and we're not supposed to act that way. And we can just as successfully be in our feminine energy as a man can be in his masculine, right? We're not sitting there, to, you know, telling every single man out there, "Hey, can you get a little more more feminine?" You know, we don't do that, but yet we hear women are getting this all the time. Hey, you know, I, I really would like you to be a little bit, you know, come on, come on, don't be so emotional, don't be yeah, so be so yeah. So so what? How? What do you suggest for women when they are in an environment where they feel like they have to transform into? You know, and it's not just sometimes the the women are very much in their masculine as your boss or, you know, co-workers and you're thinking, ah, how do you stay in your femininity? So I think that it's about first knowing who you are and, you know, and knowing what gives you your power and your edge. And I always love talking about what's your edge. And if you look at the definition of the word edge, it's the sharpest side of the blade. And so know what your sharpest side of the blade is, because it'll be your best friend and your worst enemy all at the same time. Right. And so I think to stay focused in that, you have to also recognize, you know, whatever got you to the position you're in today has to be managed different to be successful in that current position. So for example, I work with, um, a lot of, um, women in it and what got them to director or vice president is they're highly detailed because they're in IT. But then now they're trying to be told, well, you need to be more strategic and you need to be more this and you're more that. And they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what that is. It's about being detailed and focused around the strategy. And it's about using that detail in a different way. And I think being a woman, one of the things that we're really good at is adapting and understanding our environment and being able to maneuver really well. And that's what I think women have to do is you have to know what your edge is, but then it's very malleable. Like you have to be able to walk in the room and deploy that edge in multiple ways so that it lands in a way that's productive and you don't get the feedback not to be who you are. Mm, the edge is the sharpest side of the blade. The best friend, it could be your worst enemy. How true is that? I mean, that is, that's some power in those words, because I do believe that you have to be willing to really 
look at you and understand that there are two, two sides, two sides to every coin, two sides to every situation. Um, when you are now working with both men and women, do you work with both men and women? Yes. Yep. Okay. Equally, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I thought so. I just want to make sure. And you are really encouraging them, right. To get to their edge, to understand that. What are the steps? What are the few steps that you can let us know on how to even get there? How do we, how do we find our edge? How do we understand our edge? So it's sometimes really difficult for people to recognize what makes them powerful. And what I like to do is just open up the conversation. Tell me about times you felt good. Tell me about a time that you got praise. Tell me about a time you accomplished your goal. Tell me, you know, just all, and just start writing down all the wins, any win that we can think of small, big, large, whatever size it comes in. Because then what we do is we look across those and we say, what's the common themes, you know? So if you've, if you list out 20 wins, there and why you won in that situation or why you accomplished what you wanted, there's going to be some similarities. And that's what you pull out because that's what you're deploying in multiple ways. And that's what then we start to work on so that we understand what that person's edge is. And then again, we deploy it more purposefully because oftentimes it's being deployed unconsciously and it's just showing up. But then when you understand it and know how to manage it, and then it can be very um, purposeful with it, it gets even sharper and even more powerful. Ah, so it's like wielding the sword versus yes. having the sword kind of be in control of itself and it's all over the place, right? Yeah. Uh, I think of I think of it like a uh, fencing person, right? You're very methodical once you understand your edge. Once you understand kind of that sweet spot, I call it the G zone, you know, that genius zone, that that zone where you're, you know, really in your greatness. And I love that. It is. You've got that edge that's going to get you, but then there's that other side that you have to be careful with. That's really, that's, that's fabulous. Okay. So when you kept going with this, you created this company and you are now moving into this next level of your own business, right? You're getting, you know, you said you've been doing this a few years. Tell us about what's on the horizon for you and and where you really are hoping to take it. And how do you take that, that yes attitude and put it into your business and where you're going? Oh, so you asked the best questions. I love it. You make me think it's so good. So I think that what I would say is I do love to say yes, but part of saying yes is being able to say no. And you, you mentioned that, you know, you're in this like trial phase of February and you know that you won't do that forever, but it's such a good way to like practice that muscle. And so for me, you know, one of the things that I had to say yes to last year, it was really hard for me was kind of putting myself out there and on social media and podcasts and really finding my voice and being comfortable using my voice, which is amazing. It led us to our friendship and meeting today. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, you found your voice girl. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're doing it, it. You're doing but, it. 
I had to say yes to do that. And it was so scary. It was, it was, it was really, it was very hard for me. And, you know, um, this year I'm challenging myself in some new ways and I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But again, I know, I know where I say no, the most often and, uh, or I say no, the most often is, you know, the stage, like, you know, the lights, cameras, like, you know, those types of things. And that's where I'm having to say yes. And that's another thing I think as, as a leader, you have to know where you're hiding and figure out how to get comfortable in those spaces that you're hiding in. Mm, So good. And putting yourself out there, I think is, especially in this digital world we live in is challenging. It's challenging for everyone, right? I mean, even those that are super comfortable on camera, you have that moment of like, before you go live or before you're doing something, you're like, oh, you know, because there's this, I don't want to screw up, right? Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. know, what if I mess up? What if they don't like me? Mm-hmm. And how do you overcome that in yourself? So one of the things I remind myself with or about is that the clearer I am on who I am, the more often someone may not be excited about it. And the more authentic I am, there's probably more people who aren't, you know, just, I'm not their person and I'm getting okay with that. But when you try to be something for everybody and you're not yourself, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look natural. I mean, we've all seen someone and it's painful to watch, right? You're like, Oh, like, and so when you, you're not going to be like then either. So if you're, you're in a situation that, you know, you, if, whether you're yourself or whether you're trying to fake it, the world is not going to all, you know, sign up for you, not a hundred percent. So just be yourself. Anyhow, you know, just be yourself. It's so much easier. It's so much more fun. It's so much more liberating. And, um, I just had to get okay with the fact that I, I, I have a very different viewpoint on leadership. I have a very different viewpoint on how companies should be led. And I'm getting really okay with people not agreeing with that. And that's okay. Because that's if they want to run their company a different way, that's their choice. It's their company. Um, If they want to run it in a way that I feel like is really going to lead them into the 21st century and where we're going and um, environments that have a high level of agility and unknown and unpredictability and learning to lead in that, then they're my tribe. And I want to work with them. And so, yeah, so it's just getting used to it. It's, 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 a, it's a muscle. Um, it takes work, but I'm starting to really fall in love with just being uncomfortable. Ah, okay. And what you said, which is so powerful, is that you don't need everyone to like you. You don't need everyone to be in your tribe. Yeah. It, what are there? Over 7 billion people now on this earth right? You don't need that. You can have the, you can have the company that's IPOing and have all the clients and not even tap into the 1% of all the people out there. You don't need to be anything but yourself. And you are, that is such a perfect, perfect, perfect way to kind of now go into what are you coming out with soon? How people can get to know you better because that I love. You only need and you only want 
the people that have those same viewpoints, that have that same, like, you know, that je ne sais quoi of what you're looking for, right? So tell us, tell us, Jen, what is coming up on the horizon for you and how can my listeners hear more about you? So we are launching Leading Edge in April, and we do this every April, and I offer a free leadership workshop. We're doing three workshops each 90 minutes this year, and uh, I work with organizations, not with individuals, but there are so many individuals that don't have access to high-quality leadership training. So once a year, I put some out there and I invite the world to show up and it's completely complimentary. Um, and we're this year, we're going to focus on growth mindset and we're going to focus on conversations that influence. And we're also going to talk a lot about conversation agility, and that's going to really help people understand when they are working with their teams, how do they listen for limiting beliefs? How do they um, listen for um, things that people are believing that are holding them back so they can help them reframe. And so it's going to be a lot about conversations this year. And um, we're so excited. It launches April 21st. Mm, and did you get that? It's leading edge. I mean, how perfect yes. you're talking about the power of your edge. Okay. So super, super excited to share that. We will share that in the show notes. We also know that there will be um, a giveaway that you're going to be doing for us. And so we'll make sure to get that link out there as well. So in wrapping up this episode, I like to do a little rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Jen? I am ready. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do this. Okay. What was the last thing you said no to? What was the last thing I said no to? Um, I said no to a client recently. And, and what was it regarding? What would cause um, you to say no? It was um, a client that was amazing, um, but what she wanted to work on wasn't my specialty. And I didn't mm. think I could be the right person for her. So I referred her to someone else. Mm, that is so great. Okay. What has been the fa your favorite city to work in? Oh, Hong Kong by far. Hong Kong is my first love and always will be. <laughs> so good. And favorite podcast besides this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so hard. There's so many great ones. So I would say that it's not, well, I guess it is a podcast, but it's more, um, on virtual, but I love Oprah Winfrey. I love her interviews and, um, you know, I can watch them over and over and over again. So, um, so Sunday, oh my gosh, Sunday morning, what else do you do, but watch her like that's yes. my Sunday morning routine. She is absolutely, I mean, there is a reason Oprah is Oprah, right? There is absolutely. a reason she is so good mm -hmm. at pulling out information. Oh, yes. love that woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what about, I love this beauty product and the name of it. So my favorite um, beauty product is Lancer, Dr. Lancer and um, great skincare. And I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You know what I love about this question is that everyone has their kind of their go-to mm -hmm. and I, you know, for instance, I, I've heard, I've heard a Dr. Lancer did not know skincare, didn't know anything. So love the fact that we are learning from others, what they love, right? What their passions are, what they're like, oh, their go-to products. Okay. 
backyard barbecue or a schwanky cocktail party? Oh, backyard barbecue day after day. (laughs) Okay. And now that you've been to so many different places, what is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. I, um, I love Indian food. I'm actually vegetarian. So I love mm-hmm. Indian food is fantastic. Um, it's probably my favorite and you know, I do love Mexican food too. I love all food. How can you pick a favorite? It's like picking your favorite child. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if given, that's very if, true. Yeah. If given a choice, I will go to a great Indian restaurant any day of the week. I love that. Okay. And we are now going to be heading into the spring. What is your go-to poolside drink? It can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Yeah. If it's poolside, it's a margarita. Mm, love those. Love As a those. Texan, how else, what else could you drink by the pool? <laughs> <laughs> so great. Okay. And there is a bonus question. What does a powerhouse of possibility mean to you? Oh, a powerhouse of possibility. What that means to me is life. You know, every human is a powerhouse full of opportunity and, you know, there are a lot of roadblocks because we're human. So we get those and every, every human has the ability to, to smash through them. And, um, I just, I just think of humans and what they're capable of. And I love, um, I love learning about people and what they've accomplished and just hearing stories of what people really can do with their life. Um, if, if they say yes, I mean, there's just, you know, oh, so much opportunity in the world. Well, today we loved hearing your story. We love the fact that you said yes. We love the fact that your husband said yes. <laughs> yes. And I want to say thank you to you for being on the show today. What a great, great conversation. Thank you for having me. I had the best time. All right. We will talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.